You're listening to The Daily Lunch on RNIB Connect Radio with me, Jill Barkley. Now it's time to take a look at Take a Break magazine. It's our featured mag of the day. And I'm super excited because we've got a brand new Take a Breaker. Uh, joining us today is Alex Granger, feature writer from Take a Break magazine. Hello, Alex. Hello. How are you this week? I am very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well, thank you. Listen, you're new at Take a Break. How long have you been yes. there? Uh, I've been here for a month now, and this is the first time doing the radio. Oh, well, listen, do you know something we promise this week, for this week only, we'll be very gentle with you. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Listen, well, we haven't managed to break any of the Take a Breakers yet, so uh, they're still with us. You guys have actually been with us for, oh gosh, maybe about nine years now, ten years. So you've been very, very loyal uh, to us here at the radio station. We're very, very grateful for it. But uh, are you enjoying being at Take a Break magazine? Yeah. It's so much fun being here. It's, I think, my ideal job, probably. Oh, brilliant. Well, yes, I'm very jealous. I'd love to be down there working with you, bevy of beauties down there. Um, Listen, we've got loads to get through today. Uh, We've got uh, the brand new copy of the magazine, which is out now. And uh, we'll tell you how you can get a hold of that a little bit later on. But let's start off with our first story today, which is The Bride and the Bucket List. Yes. Okay, so this is by uh, Cheryl Wilde. Cheryl's daughter Emma flicked through the album of wedding photos, ooing and ahhing at each one. Her sister-in-law Sarah... She had planned her own wedding since she was five, but the conversation was tinged with sadness. Emma was engaged, but wasn't well enough to plan her own wedding. When she was 11 years old, she had been diagnosed with a large cancerous tumour on her right leg. Emma had had surgery, then chemotherapy. She had been moody and argued over everything from which takeaway pizza to get to which soap to watch, but Cheryl had never left her side. After that, the cancer came back four times. Emma had been ready to give up, but Cheryl bribed her into having more treatment by getting her a dog, Nala. Then Emma had had metal plates fitted in both her legs. When she was 16, she had met a boy called Dion. He was shy, but he doted on her, and when Emma's cancer returned again, she had been scared that he would dump her. But Dion hadn't walked away. He had visited her every day in hospital and it had given her the strength to get better. Then for her 17th birthday, Cheryl planned a huge surprise party for Emma at a football ground. There, Dion had a surprise of his own up his sleeve. As Emma danced, he had taken to the stage with a microphone. I know people think that Emma and I are too young to be serious, he had said, but I love her and I will forever. He had got down on one knee and asked, Will you marry me? Emma had said yes, and their special song, Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran, had begun to play. As Dion and Emma slow danced, they had sung When Your Legs Don't Work Like They Used To Before. Emma had grabbed the microphone and said very appropriate for someone with two metal legs. Afterwards, Emma had been on a high. She couldn't wait to get planning. But when she was 18, the cancer had come back for the seventh time. Now she was just about to begin treatment. As Cheryl looked at pictures of Sarah's big day, she wondered if Emma would ever have her own. Days later, Emma started chemotherapy, which made her sick and tired. Afterwards, the consultant called them into his office and said, The tumours are growing. There's nothing more we can do. Emma gripped Cheryl's hand tightly. Then the consultant said, Go home and make some memories. They left, feeling shaky, and drove back home. Then Emma disappeared upstairs. When she reappeared, Appeared, she had a pad of pe- paper and a pen. This is my bucket list, she said. At the top it said, marry Dion. When Dion came round, Emma showed him. 
He smiled and said, let's do it then. Before he left, he took Cheryl aside and said, I'll look after her, I promise. Cheryl said, I don't doubt it. The only problem was money. They decided to save up and concentrate on making other items on her list come true in the meantime. They went to London and saw The Lion King, visited Chester Zoo, and Cheryl brought Emma a diamante onesie. But back at the hospital, when they told Emma's consultant about her plans, he looked grave. You should plan the wedding quickly, he said. Time is running out. That night at home, Cheryl went online and set up a fundraising page. She explained Emma's story and asked if anyone could spare a few pounds towards her wedding. Within hours, her computer was beeping with donations. After a week, Cheryl went back to the website to see if they'd raised enough for a buffet. She gasped. They'd raised £28,000. Days passed and Emma and Dion went to stay at Breadbury Hall, a hotel and country club where they had an anniversary meal. In the morning, Cheryl rang Emma and said, make sure you have breakfast. I am having breakfast, Mum, Emma said. The owner of the hotel has just interrupted it to say I can have my wedding here for free. Oh my goodness, Cheryl replied. He knows who I am, Emma said. It must be my bald head. They booked it that morning. Weeks passed, and on some days, Emma was too ill to get out of bed. But the thought of getting married kept her going. They even wrote to Ed Sheeran and tried to get him to come to the ceremony, but he was due to be out of the country. On one of her good days, Cheryl took Emma wedding dress shopping, and she bought a lacy mermaid-style gown and veil. Finally, the big day dawned. Cheryl stayed with Emma at Bradbury Hall and asked, What do you want for breakfast? Wine, she said. Emma had a few glasses to calm her nerves, then got ready. Hours later, a huge bouquet of flowers arrived. Emma read the card aloud. Wishing you an amazing day together. Love, Ed. Ed Sheeran, Cheryl shouted. They both jumped up and down. Then Emma's stepdad, Mike, appeared, arrived to walk her down the aisle. Minutes later, the opening chords of A Thousand Years by Christina Perry began, and Cheryl burst into tears. Seconds later, Emma appeared on Mike's arm, looking stunning. She beamed as she walked down the aisle towards Dion. Then Dion's voice suddenly came through the speakers. What do I do, he muttered. Do I do? The microphone had picked it up. Eventually, Emma reached Dion, and they started to say their vows. As Dion promised to love Emma through sickness and health, the room was filled with the sound of sobs. Then the registrar asked, Who's got the rings? There was a panting sound, and Nala ran up the aisle with the rings on her back. It was perfect. Finally, Emma and Dion were pronounced husband and wife. Then they all went on to the reception room, which was decked out with cocktail glasses full of fairy lights, an LED dance floor and a grey and pink starry backdrop. They had their first dance to Christina Perry's A Thousand Years and then partied the night away. Emma was too happy to stop. Afterwards, Emma and Dion had a short honeymoon in a hotel near home. Emma wasn't well enough to travel far. Now she still feels as though she's walking on air. Whatever happens in the future, Cheryl always knows that she had the happiest day of her life. Oh, do you know something? That's just heartbreaking, isn't it? It's, it's so... It's such a lovely story, isn't it? It's, it's so bittersweet, though, isn't it? Because it's got such a lovely ending and it's, it's a beautiful story, but tinged with, you know, so much sadness. And, you know, how brave uh, to, to kind of do all that, knowing um, that, that you might yeah. not have that long to live. It's just, it's terribly, terribly sad. Um, but thank God she's got all these 
these people around her that really love her and care for yeah. her. And it and sounds like her bucket list is going, they're, they're ticking off things and she's having some amazing kind of experiences oh, as well. well. Do you know something? An absolute inspiration. She really yeah. is. It's a lovely girl and we do wish her, uh, I hope all her bucket list dreams do mm. come true. Um, okay, listen, let's move on to our next story. And this, Alex, is double trouble. <laughs> It is. So this is by a lady called Haley. Haley woke up with a jolt. Are you all right? Her boyfriend Gavin asked. But there wasn't time to answer as she bolted to the bathroom and threw up in the toilet. They'd been on a night out and the white wine had been flowing, but Haley hadn't even drunk that much. She had a sneaking suspicion it was something more than a hangover, so bought a pregnancy test. Two lines, she said, as she showed Gavin. I'm pregnant. Then at their 12-week scan, there was another surprise in store. The consultant swiveled the screen to show them the grainy picture. See that, he said. There's two little heads. Gavin's mouth dropped. But there's no history of twins on either side, he said. It was a shock to the system, there was no doubt about it. Yet as Haley looked down at her tummy, she was glad the babies would have each other. The consultant explained our twins were non-identical, formed from two different eggs. Most women only produce one egg a month, the consultant said. You produce two. Gavin gave her a nudge and said, you're a double yoker. But the consultant's face showed this was no laughing matter. The twins, both girls, were two diff very different sizes. One was much more developed than the other. On top of that, a blood test revealed a high risk of Down syndrome. The pregnancy was the most exciting news of their lives, yet they couldn't celebrate. Haley just had to pray the littlest twin was a fighter. Days later, they went for further tests to find out what was wrong. They thought they'd have to make the hardest decision of their lives. What if we do have a baby with Down syndrome, Gavin said. We'll just have to wait and see, Haley replied, trying to stay calm. A specialist used a more in-depth ultrasound scan. That's interesting. Both of the babies are fine, he said. He continued. One twin was conceived around a week later than her sister. That's why she's a different size. It was such a relief, Haley felt close to tears. He explained the phenomenon was called superfecundation, which occurs when a woman releases two eggs during the same menstrual cycle. We couldn't believe it. The test also showed that neither of the girls had Down syndrome. Now they'd had the all clear, there was nothing stopping them. They moved into a two-bedroom house and began on the nursery. But Haley, months passed, but Haley couldn't help being surprised when she noticed her pink pajamas felt wet one morning when Gavin had already gone to work. They're coming, she told him on the phone. She was taken to hospital for a caesarean. When Haley heard her babies crying as they came into the world, they were whisked away to the neonatal unit. Days later, she was finally allowed to hold them for the first time. They named them Isabel and Sophia. Isabel weighed three pounds, 14 ounces, much less than her sister Sophia, who was four pounds, 14 ounces. But thankfully, Isabel was healthy, even though she was a week younger than her sister. Back at home, keeping up with the twosome was hard. Surrounded by nappies, Haley said to Gavin, let's not have any more. We have our hands full as it is, he agreed. When the ceremony in the New Forest. On their honeymoon in Mexico, they threw caution to the winds. Isabel and Sophia were settled at primary school and the home felt empty. Why don't we have one more child, Haley said. Spending the week alone together, it was easy to relight the old fire. And a month later, she had a familiar feeling. She took a test and sure enough, look, she said to Gavin, 
Two lines. We've handled double trouble, so this time it should be easy, she said. She went to the 12-week scan on her own, but there the sonographer had surprising news. There's two babies, she said. You're having twins again. Still in shock, Haley went to the travel agents where Gavin worked and silently handed him the scan picture. You're kidding me, he said, shaking his head. Two more. The odds of having two sets of twins, naturally, were around 700 to 1. And statistics show that we were likely, they were likely to have the same sex as before. I'm going to be seriously outnumbered, Gavin said. But at the 20-week scan, we'd, they'd defied all the odds. It's boys, he announced. Gavin punched the air. They'd have two of each. Like the first pregnancy, one twin, while perfectly healthy, was much smaller than the other. Like Isabel, he'd been conceived, he'd been conceived around a week later than his sibling. This time, doctors were unconcerned. While rare, it was clearly no cause for alarm. Months later, their sons were born. Charlie, who weighed £5.15, ounces, was half a pound lighter than his older brother Jacob. The girls were thrilled. They're like our dolls, but better, they said. Overnight, the home became fit to burst. Now Haley can barely leave the house without someone stopping to comment on the kids. Are they all yours? Strangers ask. When the girls have their matching pale pink puffer jackets on, and the boys are both in their maroon romper suits, people are fascinated. Everyone knows the family with two lots of twins, but they've got very different personalities. Strangely, Isabel and Charlie, the youngest twins in each set, are outgoing and love to chat, while the older twins, Sophia and Jacob, are both quieter with a stubborn streak. All the babies were born against the odds, and Haley wouldn't change them for the world. Oh, what a lovely story to end on, isn't it? They must have their hands so full. Can you imagine four children? Honestly, I can't even imagine, you know, more than one dog. Never mind, you know, even more than two children. Oh, my yeah. goodness, that's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. And isn't it weird the way they you know, the exact same thing happens mm. the second Apparently it's around. really rare as well. Mm. So I've, I don't know if happening twice makes it more likely, but... Uh, yeah, they uh, certainly have beaten all of the odds. Just fantastic. Oh, well, thank goodness mother and babies are all yes. healthy and well. <laughs> and uh, yes, that will be a very, very full house in the future. <laughs> it will indeed. Listen, Alex, well done you. It's been great speaking to you today. Thank, <laughs> thank you so you. much for joining me here on The Daily Lunch. And obviously, if anybody wants to get a copy of Take a Break magazine, the new issue is out. So please do go out and get it. If you can and you want to take a look online, have you got the web address? Uh, I think it's just www.takeabreak.co.uk. It is indeed. <laughs> I was ready I was to jump in. for that one. <laughs> See, I like to throw in a little curveball now and again. Just a little surprise at the end of the feature. But listen, thank you so much. And I really am looking forward to speaking to you again very, very yes. soon here on the programme.